In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, I think they've opened a branch of Greg's outside just in case anybody gets desperate now. So Maybe. if you have a really bad bait, you can just buy a sausage roll for that. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Bake Down Podcast. It's Botanicals Week, which is a very interesting week. We've had one before uh, and we have another one. So let's talk about Botanicals Week. Uh, Jane, you did a Botanicals Week. I think you're the only year to have done a Botanicals Week. So was it quite nice to see another Botanicals Week or was it quite painful to relive those memories? Oh, I think it's my worst <laughs> week in the tent. So it, it was quite painful it was but in in many ways <laughs> um, <laughs> it, normally filming i don't think i'm giving any secrets away here and i do apologize if i am please don't call me in to smack me on the wrists for giving away secrets again <laughs> but we had filmed at the weekend whatever the week before that was so we had filmed saturday and sunday come home and then we were back down on Tuesday night to film Wednesday, Thursday. So we were Ooh. all exhausted. We'd barely got time to unpack our cases and wash our undies before we were packing it all up again. No time for practice, no time for anything, barely time to sort of stroke the dog and kiss the husband or or the other way around, whichever way you want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we weren't too bad on filming the first day. I mean, it was... I can't remember what the technical was. It could have been, was it Sabaran? No, probably not. But it was definitely, we had to do a citrus meringue pie, which was fine. Mine was fine. I did a classic French meringue. A lot of people were really struggling with their meringues. It was, if I remember, a really wet day. And moisture is not good with meringue, mm. apparently. But then the next day, we had to do two or three layered cakes, floral cakes. And I chose to do a floral chocolate collar of mine and made the complete classic error of baking three 
deep cakes instead of, as I always say, shallow cakes that cool really quickly. Oh. I mean, we just all had disasters. So many people were in tears. So many people, because we were so tired. It was all going horribly wrong. I remember glancing over to Selassie and all I could see, he'd had a disaster, but all I could see was a cloud of icing sugar. He made, honestly, he was, he was on the same side of the tent as me and we were both wearing floral shirts. And that was the day when I went out of the tent having had a completely horrendous bake with my chocolate collars and we caught Paul having a cigarette. <laughs> somebody went, oh, Paul, you're smoking. That's why you do, do, do. And he looked at me and he went, I just had to get the taste of your disgusting cake out of my mouth. Oh! I think he was probably joking, but... I hope so. Well, I don't know. But <laughs> we're mic'd up the whole time, so everybody hears, the producers hear it and everything. And the, the home yeah. economist did come up to me afterwards and say, your cake was fine. We tasted your cake. It was fine. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, it was not, I think, not all of our finest hours, to be fair. It still pains me to think about it. Yeah, they did seem to be quite specific about it, didn't they? It, it was like, <laughs> yes. oh, why is that excellent? It, this, this cake tastes too lemony. Oh, right, because, of course, lemons aren't really botanical, are they? They're not plantonic. No, bizarre. Excellent. So the pain of Botanicals Week was really there as you were watching this episode. So, yes, Botanicals Week. Uh, Jane's pain of Botanicals Week. Uh, Howard and Dan are also joining us today to chat about Botanicals Week. What did you boys think of this week? Well, actually, before we start, can I ask, has anyone with the power of Google, because I haven't bothered, looked at what botanicals actually means? Because surely it just means plants, right? <laughs> no? It is relating to botany, which is in general, the, very loosely, the study of plants, yes. Yes, well, you stick botanicals in your gym, don't you? Yeah. It is definitely, it's a bit of a picky thing, isn't it? Well, I think... To me, when you say botanicals, you think of those floral, perfumey notes. Yeah. So it's you know things like uh, basil or bay or um, you know other leafy herbs, and then maybe uh, you know rose water and things like that. But I'm not really sure I know what botanicals means. So um, yeah, I was hoping someone else might enlighten me. Well, dear old Google, a botanical ingredient is a component of a cosmetic or personal care, and I assume also food. Um, from plants, brackets, herbs, roots, flowers, fruits, leaves or seeds. So the, the whole lemon thing was for the if you're referring to the first challenge, it, they were told to celebrate spice. So if the lemon overpowered the spice, then mm. although lemon is a botanical, it was the wrong botanical for that challenge. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I think you could be very loose about the whole botanicals thing really. So, yes, I feel this is going to be a contentious issue all the way through the episode about botanicals. I This is possibly something that came up last time Botanicals Week um, was on the Bake Off. It's It can be a little bit of a loose term, but we will crack on and we will start with the signature challenge. So before we get into this, we should mention what we are going to be doing for our Bake Along Mystery class for Botanicals Week. And Dan, this is going to be your week. Mm. So before we get into the signature, would you like to tell us what we're going to be doing for Botanicals Week? Well, 
I couldn't really make up my mind. So we're going to be doing something that's sort of halfway between the signature and the technical. Um, so we're going to be making um, a, a kind of like a cinnamon roll or a Chelsea bun, something in that style, whichever you want to call it. Um, and we're going to be flavoring that with uh, lemon and thyme, um, give it a nice sort of uh, fresh floral flavor. And try saying that a few times quickly. Um, and while we're waiting, we're going to be making a, a rose and pistachio uh, fudge, uh, which is uh, one of my favourite things. Um, I was hoping we could make also Turkish delight in the time, but I don't think that's possible. So I think we're just going to go with the uh, with the, uh, the the sort of lemon and thyme rolls and uh, the rose and pistachio fudge. So that'll be something I'm very much looking forward to because I love rose and pistachio fudge. Yeah. That sounds yeah. absolutely fantastic. Uh, Jane doesn't think so. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't like fudge, so I'm not a good judge. I'm, I'm not a fudge well. lover. <laughs> so okay. I love pistachio and I don't mind rose. Um, Jane, when I finally write my cookbook one day, I shall have your review on the cover, which says it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the name of the cookbook. But if that all sounds very up your alley, then do come and join us for Botanicals Week. I mean, Dan, I think you've ticked all the boxes there. We've got seeds, we've got flowers, uh, we've got fruits and herbs. So you've literally ticked all of the Botanicals boxes there. I hope so. So <laughs> if you fancy coming to that class, you can join Dan and our fantastic uh, host, Emily, who will be taking that class on Sunday, the 5th of November. So you can join Dan and Emily for Botanicals Week, making some fantastic lemon and thyme Chelsea buns and don't forget if you are booking any class with us at Bake with a Legend you can use the code podcast to get 10% off your booking so the signature challenge for this episode was 12 spiced buns and they had two hours and 45 minutes and I believe as Jane said just a bit earlier on spice needed to be the the hero flavor the main flavor it needed to be the thing that really did shine through um so do we think everybody hit that brief Howard what did you think of this signature challenge I thought I thought well I thought it was lovely for a start to see bread making a reappearance in a non-bread week so I think it's it's nice that we're getting a bit of variety it's not cakes every week um which is lovely um I, I thought it was tricky to do it is tricky to come up with something original that that still sounds kind of appetizing so um cinnamon buns are, are lovely but trying to do something that's a little bit different and Dan's obviously come up with a a great idea for his but uh yeah there were one or two that i just thought mm, not sure about that thought dan baker dan well they're both bakers aren't they dan <laughs> <laughs> not not our dan dan on the I'm show as you are. Dan. our dan's not a baker <laughs> i thought that sounded lovely and i did like the sort of fresh figs on top i thought they looked they looked very nice mm, prue liked mm. the sound of those as well yeah. I love saffron in a sweet bake. I, I make a nice cake with saffron as long as it's not too strong. And I love the fact that it, it would colour the dough slightly. And I just didn't see why you're adding saffron and star anise, which is such a strong flavour. I suppose you have to be quite careful with it. And cinnamon. I think I would have stayed with the, made the saffron, the hero flavour, and let the orange... I'm not even sure I'd have bothered to put lemon in as well. Just orange and saffron are a combination made in heaven. But I love the idea of the figs on it. 
So I think I think Dan threw too many flavours at it for for my mm. taste. To be honest, um, I would have stuck with the second mm. one. Um, I quite like the sound of Tasha's, but mm. the pudding in the mulled wine did remind me rather of Flo's lovely uh, mulled <laughs> wine and cheesecake. Or what was it? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Rock for old wine. I was in the tent yeah. when she made that. I was yeah. in the tent. Uh, can I let you into a secret? I really apologise, Flo, for this. I really, really, really apologise for this, but it's too good a story. So it, it was Christmas Bake Off 2018, at, which I won instantly. I've got a lovely plate to bring yeah. it. Um, oh, here we go. <laughs> so. <laughs> Flo, I love Flo Dilly. She was such a character. So there was Flo, Andrew, Liam and myself in the tent making this thing. She put a whole bottle of mulled wine in. I mean, it was actually mulled wine. She just didn't use mulled wine flavour. She actually used mulled wine. A whole bottle went into this thing. And then she decided she was going to sandwich it together with a Roquefort buttercream. Which, which, I mean, I don't mind a little bit of savoury and sweet together, but rock four, oh my God, it's such a strong flavour. Anyway, so we then all go outside <laughs> waiting for the result and this pretend, pretend snow everywhere and we're waiting with our family and friends and we all get to taste a bit of everybody's. So I went over to, to Flo and got, uh, got some of her cake and tasted it and thought, oh my God, it's absolutely gross. And I took it back to my, we were all on barrels, I took it back to my group of friends and family. Now my friend Harriet, she loves cake, absolutely loves cake. And before I could say anything, she said, oh, you've got some of Flo's. Great. She said, I've tasted Lee and I've tasted yours. I haven't tasted Flo's. And she got this piece of cake and stuck a whole piece in her mouth and couldn't swallow it. And we were all oh. mic'd up and the cameras were everywhere. And she couldn't even spit it out because it would have looked so awful. And oh. she still holds it against me. She still, she said, I didn't, you didn't, I didn't warn her. Um, but I couldn't warn her because she stuffed this cake in her gob too quickly. I, oh my goodness me her face was an absolute picture um and yes dear listener that cake was as bad as paul made it out of me it was just sorry flo it didn't work it didn't work. oh oh that was mean of me wasn't it <laughs> well sometimes great story, you take though. risks and they don't work but it is a great story <laughs> oh goodness me oh. luckily tasha did a bit better than that yes she did she no did. rock for insights. No. <laughs> no. Although, did she serve the whole thing upside down? Is that what she did? So she sort of had the nice flat bottom and then served it the other way up? I don't think so. No? I thought... Oh, I, did I imagine that? I, she did definitely put something in the base what? so that it sucked up, didn't she? She put a sort of, uh, like a syrupy mulled wine stuff at the bottom. I think it was just to make it yummy at the bottom as well as the top. I thought. Oh, was that what it was? Okay. I thought so. I thought she did like a mulled wine, almost like a frosting as Mm. well, didn't she, over Mm. the top? So, But it was an interesting look. Can I ask, though, and this is one thing, didn't she put some stars on the top? Yes. Um, Did she make those? No, don't think so. Well, 
we weren't ever allowed to take in any home sort of pre-made decorations. We, that wasn't that wasn't allowed. And I just thought, where did she suddenly get these stars from? I didn't see her make those. Oh, I think I think they've opened a branch of Greg's outside just in case <laughs> anybody gets desperate now. So maybe. if you have a really bad bait, you can just buy a sausage roll and put that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Times> Howard. <laughs> Oh, goodness me. Um, what did you guys think of uh, Matty's hot cross buns? Do you think they were too simple? Uh, maybe, but they were probably delicious. So I don't know that I care. I think there's a, a line. And I think, you know, we all want to, we all sometimes feel the need to reinvent the wheel uh, when we're on Bake Off. And, you know, was a simple hot cross bun too simple? It, it didn't quite match the challenge completely, but I'm sure it would have been delicious, so I'd have been a bit more forgiving. Why am I being forgiving to Matty? Why is that happening? You like Matty. You <laughs> like Matty. Well, maybe that's, that's why. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't <laughs> be I think, so forgiving with anyone else. I don't know. I, th- I think there was a time, wasn't there, when, when there was a bit of a kind of confusion between what's a signature bake and what's a showstopper. So we went through a few series where the signature bakes really had that kind of wow factor as well and people were trying to put lots into decoration and things you know and so on um and i think as we've said before this series has gone back a little bit to kind of traditional skills so to me there's nothing wrong with a a signature actually should still look appetizing but it doesn't have to have the kind of real wow factor that a showstopper has that's a fair comment yeah and I think uh, Paul and Prue just wanted a bit more fruit and a bit more ginger. So everything was fine. They just wanted a little bit more taste in it. But that's uh, that's fair enough. It was underproved. they said. It was too dense mm. as well. And I think if you are going to do something, I mean, th- thought quite a lot of them were simple. There's nothing complicated about a sort of cinnamon roll type thing. Um, but I think if you are going to do something that is so obviously just a, a spice bun it has to be perfect and i think that he j- just let him down a bit i have to say between you and me and please don't tell anybody paul's um hot cross bun recipe doesn't work for me in his book i failed <gasps> two or three times and then thought blimey i can bake i don't need to follow paul's recipe um but yes his recipe doesn't work well, not for me, anyway. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be devastated. <laughs> he'll be absolutely devastated, yes. <laughs> he'll be on the phone to you in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, we had a couple more uh, bakers doing a slightly different design with their buns. Uh, Saku did some little knots, uh, which looked really good. Christy did some little rolls within hers that looked really nice. Um, and Dana had a go as well at the, the knots and the shaping. Um, so what did we think of those ones? I like Dana's shaping. I thought that was pretty. I thought um, mm. it was a s- struggle. It, a lot of them had the struggle with the consistency, didn't they? Uh, and I think if I was Dana, didn't she do hers in a mould as well? She did them and knotted them and then put them in a mould. Mm, I think so. And I think Saku made a slightly better job of it by doing it more of a freehand way. And I just thought 
if there's a bit of inconsistency in that, then it's just sort of generally bigger or smaller. Whereas if you do it in a mould, you know, the muffin top is very real. You're going to end up with that big uh, sort of uh, overhang, which I think uh, Dane has struggled with. So I, I prefer definitely preferred sakus, but I did like the fact that some of them try to do something other than a roll. I wouldn't say that a cinnamon roll style is easy, per se, um, but it's a lot more controllable than uh, than some of the more more freeform shapes. But I liked Sakus. I thought Sakus looked really, really lovely. Mm, they did. I thought they looked really pretty. Um, and she had some nice, nice spice flavours in there. This was Sakus Swedish Sri Lankan meld of flavours. <laughs> um, so a Swedish style bun, but with uh, cinnamon and cardamom from Sri Lanka. So a nice meld there. I thought Christie's sounded really nice with the pecans and maple syrup. That sounded lovely. And the judges really liked mm. hers as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, interestingly, she said she can't go foraging in London. I don't know why foraging had to rear its, uh, <laughs> I was going to say, ug- ugly head. There's nothing ugly about foraging. Um, it, it, you can go foraging in London. You just have to wash everything because there's an awful lot of dogs peeing on things in London. So it's, <laughs> it's always particularly attractive. I, do, I don't think dumpster diving is the same as foraging. It's a slightly different thing. <laughs> no, you're probably right. Don't let Dan fool you there are green spaces in london dear listeners <laughs> oh, he lives very close to a very nice green space exactly so. um, go find some uh, blackberries dan go foraging for blackberries this half oh, they're all gone now all gone. do you know actually i live in i live right near battersea park and when it comes to christmas um i do go in i probably shouldn't say this on the podcast i do go in with my little um scissors in my pocket and take some holly off the bushes <laughs> so that i holly for my christmas pudding i don't know if you're allowed to do that and i'm afraid to look it up you're probably not allowed to do it but yeah if you spot, <laughs> if you spot me in batty park looking a little bit suspicious around christmas time you know what i'm up to <laughs> <laughs> there you go that's a form of foraging you get into the spirit dan there we go there are foraging rules apparently you have to get permission the landowner apparently um a friend of mine who's you know uh, big into things like that yeah you do have to get permission but if you're if you're surreptitious and careful dan there's nothing wrong with a bit i might be all right i'm eyeing up some berries as we speak (laughs) (laughs) well we haven't mentioned josh josh's buns um he made a cinnamon and blueberry uh bun with a lemon curd center um he's dried and fresh blueberries um, I thought his little cartoon swirls, I think Paul described them as cartoon eye swirls, um, I thought they were really sweet. I thought it was a, quite a nice way to decorate it. It made them look quite different. It looked like that Pokemon. I don't know what it's called. Yeah, <laughs> I know which one you mean. You know, the one with the swirly belly. Yeah. Yeah, look oh, like well, that. I don't know. I never got into Pokemon. Well, I like the idea of the lemon curd in in the centre yes. as well. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I thought, I thought it was a nice, nice idea. Yeah. Now, what does the lemon curd go in? Is it is it a bath bun or something that has the lemon curd in it, or what? What's it? What is it? I don't, one of them traditionally has a lemon. Is it a Belgian bun that has a lemon curd in it? Maybe. Oh, I don't know. Actually, I can't remember. Yeah, but it's quite traditional to use the curd. Yeah, and it was a lovely. But the blueberry was never going to carry, was it? No. No, and that was something that didn't really. I'm not going to say it didn't work because, well, you know, is it fair to say that if blueberries aren't meant to be the main flavour, it doesn't matter that they're not the main flavour? Surely that's the point of a spiced bun. Maybe. The trouble is with blueberries, they don't taste of anything anyway, do they? Not really, you know. Beautiful little berries that burst in the mouth. They're bursts of moisture more than anything else. Yeah, Yeah. I think so. Um, It's very hard to get a decent flavour into a blueberry and a cherry, I think. Uh, 
No, I, th- I thought Josh did all right. I think they all did pretty well, to be mm. perfectly honest. But again, two hours, 45 minutes to double proof. An enriched dough is tight. And they, considering, I thought they did all pretty well, really. Yeah. So a good signature challenge. Uh, Christy did very, very well. Uh, they thought her buns were delicious. Tasha did very well as well. Dan did, you know what, everybody did pretty well. Uh, possibly Matty slightly further down the list. Um, but again, a really good signature challenge. So now we move on to the technical challenge, which, as we've discussed from Dan's fabulous class that we'll be doing for Botanicals Week, uh, was a lemon and thyme drizzle cake with a lemon and thyme syrup and lemon and thyme crystallised decorations. Now, Howard, you have done a lemon drizzle cake with us before. Uh, what did you think? Would you, was this a bit easy, do you think, for a technical challenge? Or was this like a deceptively tricky? No, I, th- I thought it was deceptively tricky. I mean, it's always, do you know, I must admit, I've never I've never done a cake in one of those kind of moulds before. Oh, I've not I lived, know. have I? No. So no. I, need to, <laughs> I need to try that. Because I normally do my lemon drizzle as a loaf in a loaf tin, mm. but uh, and I do put some lemon thyme on. Um, Prue was like going mad about this time. She was, you know, you need to make sure you've got lots of time in there. So I, I don't know how much time hour and a half she put in there, hour but thank you, Jane. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good point though howard how much time is correct because we never really seem to get you know some people putting like oh two tablespoons and some people seem to be putting like three handfuls in and it was never really clear so maybe this is something we can wait for the recipe on the gbbo website yeah well i think it's just all down to taste isn't it um but one thing i am with howard with is the 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 fancy tins i've got a, a simple bunt tin and these uh, sort of branded, heavily detailed buntings, I've always wanted one, but they're so prohibitively expensive. I don't know mm. if I'm just a massive cheapskate, but they're so, when, whenever I look online, they're so expensive. They're about 40, 50 quid, aren't they? Mm. I don't think that's outrageous, or is that just me? No, they are good. I did try, I very fortunately got sent one um, to, <gasps> oh, actually about three or four years ago, which was lovely. When you're a finalist, I'm sure yeah, they send you, yeah. Finalist, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and I must admit, the quality of the tin is brilliant. It it transfer. You can send me another one, Nordic Ray, if you want different Christmas Christmas ones. <laughs> um, but it does to conduct the heat really well. And even when you've got those little fins that you'd think would be overbaked, they're not. And it cooks really nicely all the way through. I did before I had that buy um, uh, a silicon one. Oh, and they just don't even bother. Not frankly, the same, no. Not really not the same at all. And uh, you'd think it'd be easy to get the cake out of the tin. It's not. Um, the only thing about that particular design, yeah, and you would need to wash them carefully once you've used them, if you don't get every little crumb out of the fin, they can stick. Mm. So you have to be particularly careful about how you grease them. Uh, uh, flouring them is a good idea. Dear, or using this um, paste that Nancy always uses, which is a mix mm. of oil. Um, lining paste, yeah. Yeah, the lining paste that Nancy, look, Google it if anybody is interested. Nancy does a very good lining paste, which keeps rages in the oven fridge. It, it really is hard to get them out. And I think they all did remarkably well and they all 
grease the tins very carefully. And of course, all the tins would be brand new. Um, they're worth getting because they make a simple cake look gorgeous, I think. They always gives um, is always very impressive for just a simple drizzle cake. So yeah, Howard, maybe maybe Josh will buy you one for Christmas. Josh. Maybe. <laughs> maybe. <We can> <laughs> or maybe if we all just say Nordicware enough times, maybe they'll hear us. Like what? it's like Beetlejuice. Who makes Nordicware? 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 Maybe next week we could be sponsored by them. Who knows? Maybe we'll get a deal out of this. Uh, but yes, Jane. Speaking of getting things out of the tins, um, like everybody seemed to do pretty well, and then uh, at the judging, um, Paul was looking at Dana's. He was like, oh, it stuck around the side. Did it stick? And Dana was like, I don't know. <laughs> and it was just like right at the bottom that it might have just stuck a tiny bit. But everybody did really well getting them yeah, out. So I, I think that was so. a bit picky. I thought I thought everybody did really well. You know, they are tricky. And we've all had, even in the ordinary bunt tins or the, the simple Savaran tins, sometimes it sticks occasionally and then you just sort of stick it back on and put some icing over the top of it and nobody knows. No, I don't know. I thought he was a bit picky about that. Well, I thought there was a surprising variety considering that they're all using the same tin. Um, one of the things that I did wonder, what exactly happened with Matty and crystallising stuff in that egg white? What was going on? Oh, God. <laughs> well, I think he sort of took the individual leaves off the sprigs of thyme and then right. sort of mushed, mushed that in with the egg white and sugar to make like a paste rather than dipping the um, whole sprigs in the mixture in and then letting yeah. them dry out. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. But I think Christy did the same as well because on the close-up of her um, her technical it was individual leaves as well. And the edit made Matty look like he was, oh, getting it really wrong. But then Christy got really, really high praise for her decoration. So I'm not really sure what happened there. Yeah. Maybe she redid hers. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. It looked pretty, didn't it? I know a lot of people. It's not even crystallising, to be honest. No. It's just, it's putting a bit of egg white. Dusting. And... Dusting. Yeah. I mean, if you crystallise something, you cook it in sugar and make it edible. None of that would have been edible. It would have been horrible. It would have been pretty, though. It would have been pretty. It would have been pretty. Yes, it would have been pretty. Yes, but it also crystallised. It was just... But I also don't see the point of when you make a cake and you put decoration on it and you have to just remove the decoration and put it to one side, I do generally feel yes. like just what is the point? It's, exactly. You know, I know, that's Absolutely. a bit like edible flowers. Oh, don't give me edible flowers. <laughs> No, but it's, yeah. uh, you know, even with uh, dishes, uh, there's a, Nigella makes has a fantastic toad in a hole recipe and she puts whole sprigs of thyme on the top of them. And I'm like, it looks very pretty, but then I got to pull sticks out of the top of the thing before yeah. I eat it. So I just <laughs> like, uh, why would I want to do that? Why would I want to do that to a cake? I don't know. Um, yeah. So going off piste briefly, there's a, <laughs> talking about cakes and talking about flowers, there's a there's a real trend for wedding cakes or any cakes where you buy pressed edible flowers mm. and then you stick them all round the outside of a cake so they look as though they're almost like they're growing but you can buy grasses and they cost a fortune you have to pick mm. every one of those off before you eat Dear, it. Oh, no. Oh, do you want to eat a dried cornflour, including its stem? I really don't want to eat that. No, I don't really um, know. 
And then no. I costed it out for a friend of mine for a wedding cake for that this this summer. Um, and she had flowers for a three tier wedding cake, but it cost well over a hundred pounds. And I think you just really? gotta pick them off, pick them off, and put them in the compost. So you know that nice strategically placed rose looks beautiful on a cake, but all these dried and edible flowers i'm really not a fan at all i'm afraid or howard didn't you do something with borage flowers and they look really pretty because they're like quite a bright blue Hmm. so you could have a handful of those on the top Hmm. did i i'm sure one of you did oh i did i don't remember i don't i do grow borage but that's to use in um pims pims yeah yeah yeah. i'm sure you sent me a picture of something with borage flowers on it Maybe oh, not. No. Maybe maybe, not. maybe <laughs> I'm imagining it. It just seems like the sort maybe of thing you do, Howard. Oh, maybe it was somebody else. But yeah, Jane, exactly. Like a handful <laughs> yeah. of a handful of edible flowers on the top, maybe, is one thing, but sticking them all the way around, mm, yeah. a bit much. No, I don't there's a yeah, there's decorating and decorating. No, no, I'm not I've just Googled <laughs> Howard and Borage flowers, nothing comes up. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I love the way Sarah says it's the kind of thing I would do, like when I've got a load of laundry to do. No, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sticking some borage flowers on things. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> it's because you're so artistic, dear. <laughs> but it's one of the things, as I said at the start, what exactly is botanicals? What does that mean? Because when I think of Botanicals Week, I think of like perfumey flavours and I think of dried flowers stuck to everything. Like that's the image that I have in my mind. So I, it was weird that we didn't have more dried flowers, I thought. Maybe that's just, I don't know, I had that was my preconception that that's what we'd have. But um, Well, they could have yeah. foraged them, couldn't they? That's We've got a lot of dried flowers oh. coming up, I think, in the floral in the sh- dessert. Oh, in the showstopper. Yeah. Oh, yeah, oh, that's yeah. true. Okay, <laughs> okay fair enough. Point so- taken. <laughs> 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 well, just on that note, uh, let's talk about the ranking for the technical before we can move oh. on to our showstopper. Um, in seventh place, we had Tasha, uh, who had too much icing. The cake was too dark um, and the cake was overbaked, uh, but she had good flavour levels between the lemon and thyme. Uh, Dana was sixth. Uh, who Again, whose edges seemed to have stuck in the cake tin and it was her cake texture that I think really let her down uh, but Saku was fifth Matty was fourth Dan was third Josh was second and Christy was first she had very neat icing and a good flavor balance um, the edit didn't seem to make too much of her cake but clearly it was very nice and there was nothing to say about it so Christy doing really really well so far in the challenge can I just add a little tip if you're going to make a cake yeah. in an upside down tin, in effect. Um, if you want the syrup to get all the way through, because it is quite hard, you want to poke too many holes in it at the top. Because you're doing it upside down, you can poke some holes in the bottom, put some syrup in the bottom, and then do some syrup once you've turned it out of the tin as well. So yeah. you can do it both both ways. Just a little tip if you want your syrup to get all the way down to the bottom, which Paul seemed to like in our series, but didn't mention it in in the technical there you go tips and tricks for everybody so now we move on to the showstopper challenge but before we do that we do have a couple of questions from our lovely listeners so thank you everybody who writes in with your questions we will try and get through as many as we can 
Now, this one, Dan, um, is just for you. Oh. Uh, this is from Alison, who says hello to everybody, but she just wanted to write in and share a bread pun for Dan after Bread Week's episode, uh, because you said you wanted one for Henry Cavill. So Alison has thought of one. <laughs> so are you ready for this, Dan? I'm ready. I'm ready. Henry Cavill. What? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what? what is it? Cavill? Cavill. I don't know. Cavill. I think it's just a roll. Yeah. Like, a, like a bread roll. Yeah. <laughs> the genius is in the simplicity of it. Oh, I think yes. so. Alison says she loves a good pun and she loves the podcast. And she actually took part in the Chocolate Week Dobos Talk class we had. So thank you so much, oh. Alison, for writing in, for listening, and for attending our class. So there we go, Dan. You finally have. Henry Cavill, my, my pun. Henry Cavill pun, perfect perfection. <laughs> so if I get back in the tent again, I should be making my Henry Cavrolls uh, for my signature. Hopefully, <laughs> time will tell. I hope you do. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Now we have another question here from Katie in Kentucky, who says, I'm obsessed with the Bake Off and recently found this lovely podcast, which I play often. So thank you very much for listening. Um, I love this podcast. It's incredibly hard not to listen to the newest podcast before we get the newest GBBO episode here in the States. My question is, were there ever moments on your season where a contestant just unraveled? It seems like quite the pressure cooker atmosphere. So has anyone ever just completely lost it? Howard, do you want to yeah, start us me. off with that one? <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I... I think Jane is the Jane is the one out of us who who I don't think you did unravel, did you, Jane, or did you? I don't think I did. No, no, I don't. Think but I, I think did. both Dan and I probably did <laughs> at <Yep>. some point. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but yes, I I think um, it's always difficult, isn't it? Because we we do see, and and in this week we we we've seen someone who's really on on the edge uh struggling with i think with with the whole bake-off experience but i think there's there's two things one you get you get the examples where actually someone is having a really really bad time and then things turn out okay and that's absolutely great so it's got a happy ending yeah. but i think occasionally there will be times when when people have a, an awful experience and i think hopefully those don't always make it into the final idea um, because sometimes people are just in such a 
awful place that you don't actually want that to be shown on TV. Yeah, I think that's absolutely right. I mean, there are things that actually the public don't don't want to see. They don't want to see somebody having a complete mental collapse. That's not entertainment. Um, and I know that in the week that I went home, I really did have a nightmare and I really was very unhappy. And they edited it very kindly, actually. They really kind of glossed over me at my most horrific and just tried to make, uh, you know, uh, present a reasonably positive image. Uh, so thank you very much to the Love Productions team. But no, I think it's quite common that people will, you know, a lot of the people who go home, they go home because it starts off going wrong and then they just can't pull themselves back together again. They can't can't pull it back together. And as I say, nobody wants to watch that, you know, no matter how how cruel the uh, reality TV audiences are from time to time. You don't actually want to see somebody having a breakdown. That's not, it's not charming, is it? So um, I think they, they disguise that quite well. But yeah, do people, are there tears in the tent? Oh my God, yes. Are people sort of having panic attacks over nothing? Absolutely, yes. Uh, but we, I think we keep that to a minimum uh, for the audience. Make sure it's a, a pleasant and uplifting story and not one of their despair. You know what? I don't think we had much of that. I did say at the beginning that we had a few tears in Botanicals Week, but only, I think, because we were really, really tired. I don't mm. remember anybody having a complete meltdown in my series at all. Paul wasn't very happy <laughs> a lot of the time, so he had a meltdown because we were laughing too much. Um, but other than that, we were incredibly fortunate, I think. We were all sort of... Well, I, I wonder, Jane, whether you are naturally a calming influence no, right? or whether you so. just went round and told people to pull themselves together. <laughs> Probably that one, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I did tell somebody at golf to pull themselves together last week, so maybe... maybe, maybe the truth comes out i see yes. would not be a good uh, <laughs> counseling would not be a good second career for me because, um but i just just thought we all got on with it really i don't i don't know i don't you know i think it depends i don't think anybody had a real disaster poor old val had a real disaster the week she went out and her biscuit week where it looked more like the planet of the apes than um, than new york city she just seemed to laugh her way through bless her because she's so oh. gorgeous so i don't know maybe we were just very lucky well thank you katie for your question there and we have just have time to squeeze in one more uh, this is from jerry in utah and Jerry says, I have loved each of your seasons, you three, uh, of Bake Off, and your podcast is such a fun addition to my week as I wait for the new episode. You guys are very kind with all your comments about the podcast. This is very nice to hear. And uh, Dan, especially when you called your kids to tell them you'd won Star Baker and your little one said, was it very good and very tasty, was one of the sweetest <laughs> moments of all Bake Off. So that's lovely. But Jerry's question here is, when Amos left in week one, he said that when he heard his name, he just came out of his body. That description felt so relatable. What were your last moments in the tent like? And how did you feel when you knew it had come to an end? Uh, so, uh, oh God, uh, my last moments in the tent. I think I was just devastated, not because I was going home, but because I'd just done such a terrible job that week. Uh, I think, you know, I think whenever we go home, it's just, it's not, it's not, you know, you, you go into the competition knowing you're going to go home, but you don't know that you're going to do a, do a terrible job, if you like. So I did feel a little bit bad, but to be honest, a little part of me was quite relieved because I didn't think I could pick myself up and do it all again the following week. I was just absolutely at the end of my tether. So I, 
devastated on one hand, but on the other, kind of thank God it's over in a way. So um, I don't know. How, did you relate to that, Howard? I did. Yeah. So I remember. I, I think it had been an awful, awful day weather-wise. Um, as far as I can remember. And then as we were all sitting on the stools waiting for the announcement, the sun came out and I just thought, you know, I'm just so, so tired. This part Mm. of me thinks I just want them to say my name and then they did. So, (laughs) and after that, and I don't normally, I don't normally cry, but I I did burst into tears after that, which which is really, really unusual for me. But I think it is partly the fact uh, partly a bit of relief and also partly just sadness that what I thought was then the end of a wonderful experience. Whereas mm. in actual fact, there's lots of things that come on after that, including Bait with the Legend and uh, the Breakdown podcast. Yeah, we're so. still talking about it all these years still later. Here. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you, Jane? Well, my experience was a bit, well, it was a yeah, bit. Yeah, right, here we go. That's a bit different. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> go on, Jane, tell us what it's like to make it all the way. <laughs> well, it is lovely to make it all the way. And um, I I knew Candice had won because there's a lot of stuff that you don't see and because they want to maintain the suspense, don't they? I knew as soon as my mm. chocolate collar didn't work that um i wasn't going to win andrew we kind of knew wasn't going to win and so it was between candace and i um but to get all the way to the end is lovely because you don't miss out really um yeah i I thoroughly enjoyed it the the thing i think we were told and i'm sure i said this on the podcast before after week five mel and sue said Right, guys, you just really need to brace up now because it is now stamina. Mm-hmm. And it's whoever mm. manages to keep it going will get to the final. Um, and it's true, you could see people flag, you could see people tired that were just like, oh, do you know what, I really don't care now. Particularly, I just can't do this anymore. And I think for me, because I was self-employed, I didn't have to juggle the same sort of work pressures that other people did you know, taking odd days off midweek to, to and keep it quiet. It was very easy for me to keep it quiet and very easy for me to work my timetable around the bake-off schedule. And I think that really helped as well. Mm-hmm. Everybody looks at the pressure in the tent, but actually it is the pressure of juggling your life outside of the tent as well that's so difficult. My children were a bit older. My husband was working from home, so he was very supportive. And I was self-employed. You know, I had a much easier ride than an awful lot of them did. And I think that made the difference, to be honest. But, yeah, I, it was lovely to get to the final. Absolutely lovely. I just wish I had won. <laughs> Maybe I'd have been, <laughs> might have been on Strictly Come Dancing, if that had been the case, or, uh, you know, Dancing on Ice. Is that your exam. real dream? <laughs> I'd love to be on Strictly, wouldn't you? But I is, looked... is that why you did all <laughs> oh, of this? You only, cool. you only went on Bake Off to get on Strictly. No, now it comes out. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Jerry, Casey, and Alison, thank you so much, guys, for your questions and your puns and all your massive love for the podcast, which is just so so lovely to hear. Uh, and we have so many amazing questions we're going to get through in this podcast. Thank you all for writing in. And if anybody wants to submit any more questions then please do you can email us at thebakedown at bakewithalegend.com or you can contact us on social media we are at bakewithalegend on all platforms 
So we move on to the Showstopper Challenge, which this week in Botanicals Week, as we have discussed, was a floral dessert. So here we go with the flowers. We've had the spices, we've had the herbs, and now we're moving on to the flowers. A floral dessert that must include a significant part of it must be a baked element. And flowers not only in flavour, but in decoration as well. Now, this was a four and a half hour challenge. Now, flowers in a bake. I think, Dan, you mentioned rose is something that could definitely be used. What other flowers spring to mind when we start to think about baking with flowers? Hibiscus. So really, the ones that I use tend to be just rose and hibiscus. Those are the only flowers that I can think of, apart from maybe lavender. But that's like, it's pretty rare to use lavender because it is such a strong and specific flavour. You've used elderflower, haven't you? Oh, only as a cordial. Yeah, I've, yeah, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But the, everyone seemed to have the, pretty much the same idea. So it's rose hibiscus, which I do use, and then elderflower. And then no one, I don't think anyone used lavender, did they? Did they? No. No, no. 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 So what what else can be used? I don't know. What, do you know anything, Howard? Well, I've not used, but I have tried meadowsweet before. Oh, really? I've, I've had uh, cake with uh, with meadowsweet, which is like never even nice. heard of it. Didn't even know the yeah. word until until yesterday. <laughs> I've never I've never had a dandelion jelly pond before, but uh, <laughs> not sure I want one. <laughs> I've had a dandelion and burdock. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what burdock is, actually. Oh, you could use that, couldn't you? I don't know what burdock what, is, but what actually is you could do a nadia and reduce that Burdock's down, a root, isn't you? it, I think. Is it? Burdock is, yes. Burdock is, uh, I think it's a, it's a root of a plant. Um, and yes, Jane, absolutely, you can do what Nadia did and could reduce a dandelion and burdock drink down to a syrup and then use that. That would give a, a punchy flavour, yeah. Mm. I was I was looking this up and I there aren't that many more flowers that I can see that would have lent themselves to sweet bakes. There were a lot of things like nasturtium flowers and things like that that would lend sort of a peppery savoury taste that tend to be quite good in things like salads and stir fries the only thing I could really think of and I think I did write this down was bergamot that really could have been used a bit oh, more yeah. I know Saku did an earl grey cheesecake which I think was the was the point there and again lavender which we've mentioned or maybe jasmine but again these are getting quite like cosmetic flavours and it doesn't Camomile. sound that appetising chamomile but ber- you go. bergamot's Camomile. actually a fruit isn't it so it's an orange thing isn't it but orange. the flowers you, you can use you could use the flowers use bergamot yeah. flower yes yeah but it is like yeah. an orange and that is very earl grey like yes you're right yes. i think they use um, bergamot for that well, but earl grey yes, has chamomile. lavender I'm surprised in, nobody it? used chamomile I love mm. chamomile tea, actually. Mm. That could have been lovely. I've used rose hip as well. You know, like rose hip syrup. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah. Nice, uh, I don't. Yeah. I can't remember what it tastes like. Does it taste of rose or is it a different flavour altogether? No, no, it's a different no, flavour. It, it, yeah, it is a different flavour. It's sweet and, and sort of slightly fragrant, fruity. Or mm. So when you use hibiscus, Dan, I have got some dried hibiscus yeah. downstairs and we've only ever had it in tea. What do you do with it to flavour your cake? Um, I tend to uh, soak it, uh, boil it in a syrup, and then that oh, gets okay. the flavour out of the the, fl- the flour, and oh, then you use okay. the syrup in other things. Yeah, it's not a very distinctive flavour, is it? Do you You'd be surprised. It's a little bit like um, it's sort of sharp and sweet. Well, the sugar is probably what's making it sweet. It's kind of sharp and tart, a little bit like cranberries, I would say. Oh, okay. It's sort of a bit. Oh. Yeah. Um, I'll give it a go. 
give it a good boil to get the flavour out of it. And it's got the sort of the, the sharp uh, tartness. Yeah, it's pleasant. And you get a lovely colour, a lovely colour out mm. of the flowers as well. Mm. Okay, I'm going to, yes, I will. I gave, I've gave. i got a bag of it downstairs. That I have, as I said, I've only had it as tea, uh, which is quite pleasant as well if you're trying to avoid <laughs> caffeine at the end of the day. So elderflower and hibiscus really were the main flavours. I think everybody used either one or both of them. Dan used dandelion, as we've mentioned, and meadowsweet. I'm not entirely sure we got a lot of what the judges thought. I mean, they thought it was quite perfumed and quite botanical, but they didn't seem to dislike it. Um, so what did we think of Dan's there? I think Paul had originally said it smelled like cat's pee. Which um, yeah, the, the, the plant does. The plant does. Yeah, didn't end up tasting like that. <laughs> again, back to foraging in London. I think. Yes, I thought Prue's comeback was very uh, quick. I quite enjoyed that. She said, um, "I said something like, oh, I'm impressed that you guys know what cat pee tastes like.'" <laughs> <laughs> but if you've had cats and have smelt meadowsweet. You know exactly what they're oh, talking okay, about. Fair. It's a very yeah, really? stinky plant for some reason. Uh, it's really, really uh, bizarre. Yeah, it's very strange. But yes, that seemed to taste quite nice. And how would you say you've had that in a bake before? Is that a nice yeah, thing to I have, use? Have. It is. It is slightly... It's It's got that kind of green taste to it. That, that sort of... I think that somebody said slightly grassy. But yeah, I think it's pleasant. Lovely. You don't sound very convincing, Howard. <laughs> yes, it's lovely. Oh, it's, to be honest, I had it I had it quite a few years ago somewhere in Scandinavia, and now I can't actually remember. I remember at the time thinking, this is really nice, but being able to pinpoint exactly what it tasted like. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, fair enough. We'll have to get you some more Meadowsweet, Howard. You can do some I more baking with it. I need to try it, it again, yeah. <laughs> uh, what did we think of Tasha's? I think we need to talk about Tasha's. That was quite a spectacle that she had. She had 10 layers to bake. We had Palais Breton biscuit. We had Bavoise, sponges, ruby chocolate mousse, elderflower and hibiscus flavours all the way through there. And a Genoese cake collar and... Jelly art. I mean, I'm exhausted just saying that. What did we think of hers? It was a lot. It was a lot of work. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very articulate a comment lot. there, Dan. It was a lot. Um, I thought it was very ambitious and she did incredibly well to pull it off, didn't she? I mean, we always say yeah. you should pare back your bake so you make sure you finish it in time. But goodness me, you know, she did set herself a huge challenge but four and a half hours, you can get a lot done in four and a half hours. You know, we moan about how little time they have in bread, uh, whenever they have to make bread, but that's because they do a lot of sitting around. I, mean, I imagine she used every single second of her four and a half hours and, oh, it looks stunning. Didn't she do a great job? She did an excellent job. It was very nice. Uh, the cake collar and the jelly art on top as well. Very, very lovely. I think the only thing she... I mean, she did drop one of her cakes which was a very sort of scary moment. But she did say it was her like her, her emergency spare. cake, yes, her spare was one. Yeah. So it, uh, it wasn't too bad. But then to do jelly art, how, how is everybody just like, oh, yeah, I'll just do some jelly art on the top. I'm like, hold on, that's going to take four and a half hours on its own. Goodness me. I've never attempted jelly well, art. I've got the kit downstairs. My husband ooh. keeps nicking the, um, the syringes to inject something into his boat uh, so. <laughs> I wondered what you were going to say then 
No, no, when you have to measure some of these epoxy resin things. He oh, had, uh, right. Yeah, he used his, he, yeah. He, I think he's nicked them all. So I've now got the ends, but I haven't got the... Anyway, just thought I'd share that with you. I have never, I've never, never had the desire to try jelly art as gorgeous as it looks. Well, the thing is about the jelly art, actually, is that you make the clear jelly and you have a long time for it to set and then you can do the design sort of the last few minutes. So actually, although oh, okay. it looks like it's quite intense in terms of work, it's actually not. It's just make a clear jelly, come back when it's completely set and then do something right at the end. But it is high risk because obviously if you mess it up, you then don't really leave any options. There's no time to remake the jelly, no. is there? So no. um, it, it's a one-shot thing. You really only get one shot at making it. And I, in the similar boat as you, Jane, I have bought the jelly kit off uh, wherever it was, somewhere online, and never quite got around to trying it for myself. So um, maybe one day, maybe one maybe day. On a rainy day, we'll do it together. Oh, all right. Yeah, well, shall we? Okay. I'll yeah. send you a link. Down <laughs> and we'll, we'll make jelly art together. We'll do it um, over Zoom. Yes, <laughs> we're good, good at doing things over Zoom. Um, what are your views on ruby chocolate? Is it style Not chocolate. substance? It's, to, it's quite pretty, and they say, well, I didn't think they mentioned it this time, but little raspberry hints to it. But is it is it worth going to all the effort and the expense? Because ruby chocolate's expensive. I don't think I'm a bit strong, is it? I'm really not it's not you? that special yeah okay. so when they when it first came out they were sort of marketing it as the new chocolate the new fourth chocolate fourth type of chocolate but i i don't think it's interesting or distinctive enough to to really be its own thing it's too similar to just white chocolate with a little bit of like darker notes in it for my my taste and you know very much like in the film mean girls i'm like stop trying to make ruby chocolate happen it's not gonna happen it's so, <laughs> 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 pretty good though. It is a pretty colour. It's pretty. Um, it's pretty. It's a pretty colour. So I suppose if you're going for the pretty colour, then that's fine. Um, but, well, just thought I'd ask, because um, Tasha's mousse was ruby chocolate. Mm. It was, and uh, that was another sort of fruity flavour, which then added to the uh, hibiscus and elderflower. So I think that's quite a good move, just to add that in. Um Christy, bless her, she really struggled, but I think she came out with something that actually looked really... Like a piece of art, it was really simple but beautiful. Uh, but she did struggle with that uh, white chocolate ganache on the outside. Um, but she had a lemon elderflower Genoese, a creme diplomat of indeterminate flavour. Um, well, not that I heard anyway. Uh, a strawberry elderflower jelly and a rhubarb basil jelly. So she had some nice botanical flavours in there. What did we think? I'm not quite sure what happened to Christy because if she had time to remake the outside of that dessert, why did she turn it out so early? I don't quite understand what happened. Um, and I think that was a severe case of, you know, a bake-off getting to you because she was all in tears, bless her. But then she had time enough to make it again. So mm. I'm not I'm not quite sure if there was something I wasn't following there. Do you know what I mean? I didn't know whether she was intending to do some more decoration on the outside or something once mm. it had been turned out. But right. yeah, you're right. She seemed to have plenty of time. I know she was she was dreadfully, dreadfully upset. I think she would have been more upset had she had to face Jane because at one point I think she was contemplating cutting oh. the silicone mold. Not again! Yeah. No, don't do it. Don't do it, Christy. I have got another mold and I have got six exclamation marks up against it from my notes. <laughs> no. Yes. 
Oh, oh no, that would have been uh, that would. Oh God, so expensive as well. You talk about these. You talk about the uh, bunt tins, but these fancy molds are really mm. expensive as well. I'm not sure they how are. you're supposed to turn turn it out of that mold. To be perfect, honest. generally Just you freeze it, don't you? Freeze. Yeah, it's got to be you've, completely you've, frozen. It's got to be frozen. Um, to get them out and it's usually they're, they're quite solid as well so I think she was trying to do something that maybe the mould wasn't designed to we didn't talk about it I don't think last week well whenever the chocolate week was um, but when she was trying to use a mould to make her chocolate shapes yeah, you know these some of these moulds are not designed for what well, Christy I think has been trying to use them for I was looking at one of my moulds yesterday and thinking oh I need to make a chocolate decoration just pipe it don't stick it in some of these little shallow moulds because you'll not get them out which again Christy I think was trying to, to make her life easier because these moulds can make your life easier but it ended up just making it a lot more difficult so I felt I did feel for her she was terribly upset and all credit to her starting again and scooping it out and trying to make it work because the layers did look a little mm. bit mess after she'd done that but you know she could have just thrown her toys out of the pram stuff it in the bin and walked out of the tent and she didn't she kept going and put something that looked very pretty on a plate at the end so all credit to christy and i applaud her for actually coming through it i, I think she made the wrong choices at the beginning using that mold or but she came through it and well done christy she did. She really brought that back together. Dana did something quite interesting as well. Um, she had a rose bavoir, a rose and white chocolate mousse, hibiscus jelly and a coconut sponge, all of which sounds fantastic. Mm. I'm not convinced that her the bake itself was particularly all that fantastic. Um, the sponge wasn't great uh, and the floral taste didn't really come through. Um, but uh, I imagine you'll all have something to say about, especially Jane, about dried flowers and um, isomol to make a box. Not well, going to be the tastiest thing. Well, I don't think it was designed to be eaten. And I think that's very different from sticking dried flowers on the side of your cake, which is designed to be eaten. Fair enough. So I think um, some people make isomol lollies, don't they, and put a flower in it, I, frankly, a yeah, I wouldn't do that because I, I wouldn't want to be eating a isomalt lolly, which is just sugar, isn't it? It's not particularly pleasant. Not even nice How, sugar. It's no. not even nice no. sugar. Um, however, it did look very pretty. But I think I had I been Dana, I would have concentrated more on my cake than my box. Yeah. Because Why did she was... make a box? Oh, I don't know. No, no, but I mean, she, with the best will in the world, it's not to be eaten. So why bother making it? Well, I, I she don't probably know. we get you know we get stuck, don't we? We see a brief, and then you're flicking mm. through Instagram or Pinterest or whatever you're doing, and you go, "Oh, that's pretty. I could make a box." Uh, and then you get completely fixated, and what you really need to do is go, "No, stop, reset. Let me start start again." Yes. We, don't. we know yeah. we none of us do. So she clearly thought this box was going to be brilliant, and I thought it looked it. Right. It, it looked amazing. It did look amazing, pretty, but I just um, I seemed extra know. and unnecessary. So what I would do, I wouldn't have made books. Um, and if you're going to stick dried flowers in anything, um, stick it in an ice cube or an ice bowl and use that to serve and wow your guests. Don't you know? Stick it in an ice cube and your borage ah. flowers finally melt, which is lovely. Don't make an ice box. It costs you a fortune. 
and um, everybody. Yes, it's not cheap ice malt, is it? No. no. It's not. Ice malt's not cheap. Do you know who disappointed me the most, though? Oh no, it wasn't Sorry. me, was it again? No, 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 not this week, Jane. Um, no, it was okay. um, Saku. I felt so bad for Saku because. Um, I thought that the jelly work was beautiful and the judges certainly agreed. Her flower was amazing. I thought it was in a nice rounded shape. It reminded me very much of Ermine's from how, whenever that was, a couple of years ago now. Mm. She, it was a beautiful big flower. It looked lovely. The layers looked pretty nice. Um, but they just said it had no flavour. Mm. And I just think that that's sort of devastating as a baker. I've had that feedback once in the tent where they were just like, I can't, can't really taste anything. And that's just devastating, isn't it? You, there's nothing you ever want to hear. So, um, poor Saku. If anything, she's normally a bit strong in her flavours. So, um, fr- frustrating for Saku. But thankfully, um, she escaped too much punishment this week. <laughs> I, th- I think that's the difficulty, isn't it, with quite a few of, of these desserts. I think when you do an impressive dessert, it's like a bit like a wedding cake or something like that. It can have the wow factor. But does it actually make your mouth water? Do you think, ooh, that looks really delicious? Or is mm. it just that it's quite impressive? Yeah, it's a spectacle, definitely. Um, mm. When you are making those jelly flowers, you're definitely making them for the spectacle rather than because they taste delicious. So, yeah, I'd absolutely agree with that. But it's just, I'm just a shame for Saku because um, I love her and I want her to stick around for as long as possible. But um, it's, it's weird that her flavours let her down this week. It's a shame. Oh, I know. But, she said, was it at, this, at one point this week when she said, look at this face. This is the last time you will see this face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Well, fortunately for her, it wasn't. So, uh... But talking of jelly flowers, what about Josh? Yeah, Josh is a nice. I think they all did a good job with their jellies, um, their jelly flowers. I thought it was ambitious, but I thought it was lovely. Um, they are, you know, it's a good opportunity to use them, and I thought Josh's was Josh's was very nice. It looked really good, didn't it? As this was a sort of a Charlotte Charlotte Russe inspired uh, bake here, with uh, obviously the jelly on the top, and then we had the bavoir in the middle, and the the ladyfinger type uh, cakes around the outside, and it was just raspberry rhubarb and hibiscus. So not going bonkers on the flowers, but then obviously keeping hibiscus at the at the heart of it. And uh, apart from the little split on the outside, uh, it was beautiful, apparently well set layers, spot on flavours and excellent textures. So he really couldn't have done any better. No, he couldn't. No. Well, Prue said it just needed a ribbon. That's uh, true. Just yeah. to hold just to those hold fingers in place. <laughs> it just needed a pair of spanks. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Shapewear for cakes. Cakewear. Yeah. Oh, exactly. fantastic. <laughs> Can I just? I just want to say something about elderflower, if I may, because um, we've done a lot of talking about a lot of people use the elderflower. When we were in the tent, we were not allowed to use elderflower to decorate any of our bakes. Um, we, we could use it in a, in a flavouring because elderflower is poisonous unless cooked. So it's, it's oh. fine, obviously. Oh, okay. Apparently. So I don't know. I mean, I don't oh, think do you remember, drop you Do you did. remember Howard wanted to do Poison Week? Yes! How, Howard yeah. Poison Week! Poison yeah. Week. <laughs> why a call why back have to last series never of... picked up Poison Week? <laughs> 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 
Uh, I'm sure some of you will be laughing at the Poison mm. Week episode, I think it was last year. Please feel free to go back yeah. and listen to Poison Week. <laughs> Matty. <laughs> let's, <laughs> <Go on then. laughs> let's talk about Matty. Let, can we talk about Matty? What was he talking about? Elderflower and blackberry being a masculine drink. Was he? Uh, oh, well, he, he wasn't being serious, was he? I mean, sorry, I boys, hope I not. he was joking. Yeah. yeah, I'm assuming he was joking. It didn't sound very masculine to me, but how would I know? Um, you have but, a very narrow view of masculinity, Jane. I'm shocked no, and appalled, you dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, then we've seen a lot of cremos. Is that how you pronounce it? Cremos. Yeah. This, yeah. this series already, um, and I think if he was criticised for not quite meeting the botanical brief, because I think he's got a bit of elderflower in there. Otherwise, he'd got a lemon cremo. Maybe it should have been an elderflower cremo, um, and a blackberry mousse and a blackberry mirror glaze. So maybe not enough floral flavours in there. What do we think? Yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. You're probably right. I feel like the black brie would probably be very overwhelming because it is a quite a tart yeah. and strong flavour. Very nice, very, very nice. And the lemon as well. I really don't think elderflower is going to punch through all that black brie and lemon. No, no maybe right. Elderflower, yeah. no. Even like when you put elderflower with lemon, you have to put in a ton of elderflower to make it register. So, yeah, yeah I, I think it, it would have definitely struggled in there. But I think possibly one of the most damning criticisms you could ever hope to get from a showstopper is it's not a showstopper is it his heart must have sunk uh oh. you know but also i think listen as someone who uh, learned to make buttercream flowers in my time they did look and oh this sounds so cruel but they look like someone who just learned how to make buttercream flowers and there's you know they look like flowers from the top, but not from the sides. And they did mm. just look like mm. a bunch of little, like, as I think they were described as like a bunch of soldiers. And yeah, they need to like sit on a pile of something to make them look like they're three dimensional rather than just flat, you know, look, just from the top looking like flowers. So that was, yeah. um, I don't, I don't think it added to the beauty to have them in that way, which was unfortunate uh, for Matty. But um, I'm, it's one of those things where I dare say it probably tasted very delicious, but it didn't really match exactly what the judges were looking for, and it wasn't the most beautiful. So not the best outing for, for Matty, sadly. No, oh, I thought he was teetering on the edge Agreed. myself. Shall we end on that sombre note? Uh, just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yes, on the, well, not too sombre for Matty. Um, but yes, we do have to say goodbye to one of the bakers this week. But let's talk about Star Baker first. And finally, it was Josh's turn for Star Baker. He's missed out on Star Baker at least twice, I think three times. He's been the mm. bridesmaid, but not the bride. Um, but finally, he got his Star Baker with an almost perfect Charlotte Russe. Uh, some very nice blueberry and lemon signature buns and coming second in the technical. So he did very, very, very well. Howard, what do we think about Josh getting Star Baker? Oh, yeah, at last. Yes, I think it was it was well deserved. And uh, although Christy had gone in up until the showstopper looking very, very strong, um, I don't think Josh actually melted her ganache deliberately. He's <laughs> going around with a blowtorch. No, no sabotage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it was fa fair and square. Yeah. 
And yes, but that also means we have to say goodbye to somebody. And unfortunately, this week it was poor Dana. She had a reasonably good signature. Maybe again, she didn't quite get the spices in there. She came, what was it, second to last? Yep, sixth in the technical. And her showstopper, although the box was very pretty and the cake actually was quite pretty as well, just the cake just wasn't there. For taste so unfortunately it is the end of dana uh dan are we are we sad to say goodbye to dana yeah of course we are i think you know we're sad to say goodbye to anyone who's a good baker who's got a, a fun personality and i think dana really tripped up this week just on sort of the um the, the specifics of the brief i don't think she really delivered the, the botanical flavors i think you know like her cake was perfectly lovely. It was nicely decorated. You know, there were good technical elements, but I think she just fell a little bit short in terms of hitting the requirements, specifically a botanicals week. Um, she's a very good baker and, uh, you know, it'll be a shame to see her go. I particularly like some of her decoration, thought she was very creative, but I'm sure we haven't seen the last of Dana, have we? Because we know that all the best people go out in week six, don't they? Oh, do they? Well, before the children start fighting again, I <laughs> wrap up there <laughs> thank you so much jade dan and howard for joining us this week for botanicals week and don't forget if you want to sign up to our botanicals class with dan on sunday the 5th of november baking his fantastic lemon and thyme chelsea buns with rose and pistachio fudge then please do join dan and our lovely host emily on Sunday the 5th of November for that class. Don't forget to sign up. You can also use the code PODCAST for 10% off your next booking. And don't forget to send in all your questions. But until next time, thank you everybody for listening. Jane, Dan and Howard, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.